0: It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Sit down. Yeah, N- nau- yeah. What is up everyone, welcome to the first LXG sit down solo podcast So this is going to be the first for a number of reasons First off, got the very first podcast sans video So you don't have to look at a bunch of ugly mugs while you get your LXG fix We are streaming on Spotify I don't know when this will hit, but by the time you're listening to it, it'll be there So that's that And we do that because we are the premier fantasy football league. So you might as well just quit your other leagues now. This is also going to be the first solo podcast. No commissioner here, just your boy dealing out the dirty, dirty. My name's Joel and This is how I talk. Yes, Joel, though your golden voice may make Dick Clark sound like a 60-year-old woman chain smoking while drinking a quart of milk, I think I'm going to take this one solo. So look guys, this is exciting for me. This is as exciting for me as when my parents would leave me home alone as a kid and I'd spend hours watching scrambled Cinemax trying to see a titty. But let's get real for a minute. The commissioner, as well as a number of the other league members are out there probably cutting themselves, trying to figure out where they went wrong. Look, I get it. We spend so much time preparing for the season, all the podcasts, all the articles we're reading. And regardless of winning or losing, a lot of time goes into making these sit downs happen. So between the scheduling and the prep work, all of that work that you do to have to sit there and stew in your failures while you try to entertain and inform a bunch of dudes. Look, it's tough. It's like when when you see a child that's been kidnapped and then just mentioning that child's name to its parents brings a tear to their eyes. It's the same as that. It's exactly the same as that. So, I'm going to try and keep this to a manageable length, so let's just get into it, Um, and let's start with a little bit of news. So, obviously, this podcast is going to be linked via the new LXG website. If you're listening to the podcast, then you've obviously gotten the website already. Um, You've probably checked it out, probably soaked in that image at the top that I spent so much time working on, and you love it. I love it. If you don't love it, something's wrong with you, but... As I said, the cast is going to be on Spotify going forward. So again, if you don't use Spotify, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Probably just give me your best fantasy players. Uh, We'll work out a trade and then go kill yourself. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, You will not need an account though, because we ain't bitches here. We're going to make it work for you. Um, The website, LXG website is a work in progress. It will be the home of the league notes going forward because ESPN is a bitch. And we'll let you know as the new features are added. Like I said, a lot of links are going to be disabled, but we're going to have all of the sit-down videos, the podcasts, the league notes. We're going to put some info on the side bets with some history behind those. Um, We're going to have history on the league so you can kind of see how well your team's done over the year. Things that we talk about pretty regularly, but we don't have a visual for you. They will have a visual going forward just wanted to make something fun for everyone and I like pounding a keyboard so the website is a thing now another bit of news uh, just a reminder Vegas draft is coming up it's only like 50 weeks away so if you start saving now you can probably put away like 10 bucks a week and still manage to have a good time we're going to do it on a budget uh, but airfare is going to be a thing don't wait till the last minute though We want everyone out there. If we can get all 10 people out there, it's going to be amazing. And not having the money is a terrible reason to miss out. So you will be reminded throughout the season, just be a responsible adult. Make it happen. The sooner you start, the better off you are. Another note, uh, league notes and sit-down video releases may get a little erratic over the season due to schedules. But we are going to try our best to get you guys the news and the info that you love. I may be doing more solo podcasts if needed because my schedule basically sucks balls between work and school and teaching. Looking for a job that doesn't involve sweating in a warehouse, um, but I can do this at 4 a.m. As a matter of fact, it is 5:20 a.m. right now. I wanted to wait till the waivers cleared and see kind of what we were looking at before I rolled this out. But bear with us, you guys know that Sanford and I are dedicated to keeping this league fun, interactive, trying to do some cutting edge stuff. Um, How many of you guys work leagues have a dedicated Spotify page? The answer is none. Fuck those guys. And last little bit of league news. We have picked up uh, an unofficial sponsor, White Claw, the most delicious beverage there is out there. So delicious that there's a shortage in the U.S. as we speak. But they are our unofficial sponsor. And on that, let's go ahead and pause for a word from our sponsor. Discover a new wave of refreshment crafted using our unique Root Pure process. White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Oh man, just hearing that ad gets me thirsty. Nothing better than sitting on a beach with a White Claw buried in the sand, uh, surrounded by cases of empty White Claw cans. They will be sponsoring us throughout the season, and I look forward to having a backpack full of white claws out on the strip in Vegas and just popping tops like it's going out of style. So look, this week, kind of wanted to do a couple things. I was looking at some overreactions in week one, which is something that we see pretty regularly. Wanted to touch on underwhelming players, which we saw quite a few of. And then I realized both of those things kind of lead into each other. Underwhelming players lead to overreactions. So I'm just going to talk about this a little bit, and then we'll kind of get into some team breakdowns, see how everyone did. Half the league is undefeated at this point, and uh, there are definitely some contenders out there. There are definitely some teams that are probably worrying. We'll talk about that a little bit. But to talk about the overreactions a little bit, Interesting fact, there were 20 waiver moves between the draft and the week one games. 20 waiver moves. Now, granted, most of those were Drew. I don't know what he was doing, shifting people around, picking them up, dropping them. Drew could probably explain that a little bit more. But between that, we even had a team pick up a second defense, dropping a player they spent $2 for in the draft. But 20 waiver moves before the season's got to be a record. Have to go back and look at the record books. Probably not going to. Just take my word for it. That's a lot. Understand there are some injuries that played into those, but it was a lot of crazy shifting around. So obviously I don't know that I would call that overreactions, but there was definitely some questions about people's bench depth, and maybe some people walked away from the draft not as happy as they thought they would be. Um, But we got into week one, got through that. And again, week one's always a crapshoot. When it comes to our projections, last year, week one, we were way off. Um, and the same thing this year proved to be true again out of five games. I had two correct guesses, um, and Sanford had one. So we are tracking those. We will be doing those weekly. The this week's predictions will come at a later point. Um, obviously wanted to get through the waivers, take a look at the teams and how they're looking going into the games Thursday night. But I wanted to get this done before then and get it out to you guys. Um, So yeah, projections week one were crazy. You're going off of things that you don't know. Um, We're going off of rankings from ESPN projections, things that different experts are saying, and they did not turn out at all. How we expected a couple things talking into that after week one, Four of the top 10 quarterbacks still available on the wire. Four of the top 10 wide receivers are still available on the wire. Seven of the top 10 tight ends were still available on the wire. Um, Granted, this is before waiver pickups that happened this morning. Um, Five of the top 10 defenses were on the wire. So obviously that changed a little bit, but you can take a look uh, and see. It was overall, I would say a pretty underwhelming week for most people. There were a handful of players who performed as we thought they would. But essentially, if you played anyone from offensive powerhouses such as Green Bay, the Rams, the Falcons, even the Browns who were supposed to be amazing this year, you were probably pretty disappointed in those performances. Um, The flex spot was generally disappointing after week one. Uh, I guess people didn't know how to go into that. You know, we saw a lot of wide receivers, a lot of running backs. Obviously, those are the two top scoring positions that will allow in that slot. But seven of the ten teams put up less than 6.6 points. That is 6.6. So round up to seven. Seven teams put up less than seven points in their flex spot. We did have a couple good performers, um, and we all saw that. But uh, the other thing that I noticed that I found interesting was the running back performances. So of the top 10 running backs are drafted. And I'm going to run through these players by name. Three of those 10 finished within the top 10 for the week. So in order based on dollar value, one through 10, we had Barkley at one, put up the number 13 running back performance. Camara at two, put up the number 12 performance. McCaffrey, had a great week at uh, number three running back, put up the number two performance. Elliott at four, put up a number 15. Connor, Connor disappeared. Most of Pittsburgh disappeared. But Connor put up the number 32 running back performance. There were backup running backs that were putting up better numbers than him. Nick Chubb, again, the Browns had a terrible week, uh, put up the number 23 running back performance. Bell was number 11. David Johnson was number 8. Dalvin Cook was number 5. And Todd Gurley was a number 17 back. So a lot of information. Pretty interesting. Um, And one other thing that we learned, it looks like 100 points is going to be the minimum to win a game this year. So we had four teams score between 102.4 and 104.9 points. So that's a two and a half point range. Four teams did that, which means two teams lost by very, very small margins. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the team breakdowns. Um, But obviously, the Jazz Cabbage broke fantasy football this week with a 160 plus point performance. I think we're going to find that that is... Probably going to be the high score for a while. Uh, everything worked out in his favor. And when we talk about the Jazz cabbage, we'll go a little bit more into detail there. But that was pretty insane. We had 130 points, 120 points. And I'm just rounding here, guys, um, with the Hot Pockets and the DV. Then we had some, some, some low, low scores. Um, obviously, the cock and blockers and the hand grenades were competing for worst score of the week. Um, both scores would have possibly won you games before the flex spot. And like I said, even though a lot of teams did pretty underwhelming when it came to that flex position, I think we're gonna find that it is going to take a lot more to win. You know, before this season, last season, if you had a ninety point week, you were almost guaranteed to win. But obviously, That's going to be changing some with the new makeup of the teams. But uh, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start talking about some teams. I think that's what everyone likes. And obviously, I'm open to suggestions. If I'm doing these solo, give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys want to hear. But I am uh, to keep things fair and such. We've been doing a lot of other comparisons in order of the draft. And I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. And we are going to start off with Scottsdale Bukaki. So I know Mike was pretty disappointed. And it's not that his team did bad. It's just that he lost by 1.6 points to the Necros. I chalked that up due to him angering the fantasy gods with his awful attempt at statistics. But nonetheless, anytime you lose by less than two points, it's pretty bad. Going into Sunday... I had terrible showing on Thursday night games in that first round of games. I was pretty sure I was going to lose. In fact, I was pretty sure I was going to lose all the way up until Monday night. DeAndre Hopkins had a good game, put me up. Um, but Philip Lindsey at, at Mike's flex position needed to put up eight points to win, and he failed to do that. Like I said, it's not that Lindsay can't put up eight points per game. It's that Mike Mike brought this on himself is what I want you guys to take. Mike, you did this. You're the only one who did this. You are responsible. But looking at Mike's team and their performance, McCaffrey was obviously worth every penny. Regardless of the coach talk about limiting snaps, he had a monster game. He was the entire offense for Carolina in week one. Will that continue? I mean, it's McCaffrey. It did last year, probably will this year. Great pickup. Mike's wide receivers, Cooper, Cooper, Like everyone else on the Cowboys team, had a great game. Jeffrey performed well for him, but the rest of his team took the week off. He did have Ross on his bench, put up a wide receiver two-week with 27.8 points. Um, No one was playing Ross week one, but with A.J. Green out, looks like that may be a beneficial play going forward if Ross can stay consistent. Only time will tell. I know Mike's feeling pretty shitty about the loss. He does get the Rape Babies in week two, so he is hoping to bounce back, I'm sure. We will be talking more about that next week. But the next team here on my list is, in fact, the Rape Babies. So, like I said, a dark cloud hangs over this team, um, as we would expect from the commissioner. His entire team, with the exception of Wentz and Mark Ingram, shit the bed. The entire Baltimore offense went off. Probably won't happen on a weekly basis. His wide receivers really hurt him here. You don't think that that performance is going to be a regular thing, but obviously I understand the concerns going forward. Um, biggest thing that hurts for the rate Babies is a Mixon sprained ankle. Obviously not optimistic. They are saying it is a lower ankle sprain, which is obviously the better of the two, and there's a chance he's going to return this week. But, won't be at 100%. So again, that dark cloud is looming over them, but you think you have to wait and see what happens week two before you go making any side bets that involve black licorice. So let's let's go ahead and and have this talk now, guys. Uh, Obviously week one is such a small sample size. It's easy to overreact and easy to get down on your team. But if you take a look at last season, there were top guys not performing well, and then you had guys go off on the wire after week one like Kenny Stills and Will Disley who disappeared into non-existence. And that is bound to happen again this season. So obviously it's it's easy for me to say that having you know squeaked out a win, but week one is just one week. Let's go ahead and wait till week two before everyone starts uh, freaking out. I mean, I guess. I guess feel good, feel bad. I mean, it's your team. D- do what you want. Do what you want. You you, you drafted it. You've got to live with it. Um, but obviously, we can start talking trades already, right? All right. Uh, Necros are going to be next. That would be my team. I did squeak out a win. Um, thanks to Huge Weeks by Dak Prescott. Chris Carson and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, obviously, I was high on Dak. He was the only one left that I was going to take. I did look at Lamar Miller on the waiver wire. Turns out they scored the same points. I think Dak would have actually beat him by .2 points if it weren't for taking the knee at the end of the game. But nonetheless, um, I mentioned to Andrew that I was eyeing Jared Goff, actually, and Andrew went ahead and scooped him up. Worked out for me and won the game, and I won my game. Otherwise, Mike would be the happy one this week. Um, that being said, the rest of my team was pretty underwhelming. Uh, but you got to think that the investment in Green Day, Green Bay players, trends better as the season goes on. Not every defense is the Bears, and uh, we are hoping, at least those of us that have Green Bay players, that Matt Lafleur doesn't just completely destroy that offense. Chris Carson's yards per carry were extremely weak. I think he averaged 3.1 yards a carry. But it was nice to see that Seattle was force-feeding the ball, um, both running and targets through the air. So I was happy with that pickup, and I'm hoping it plays out that way going forward. Um, Flex is going to be a concern for me going on. Um, Basically, I've got a a mashup of backup running backs or running back by committee or wide receiver twos for my flex. So we will see how my team goes on week to week. I do have Jazz Cabbage in week two, so that's going to be a tough matchup. Should his team continue to roll like they did in week one? I don't know. I don't know if I'm making my prediction. I, I think I'm gonna go with me on this one. I just it was a perfect storm for Jazz Cabbage. We'll we'll talk about Jazz Cabbage. Uh, adorable puppies are next. So I spoke about teams that won by fractions of a point, and the puppies were one of those. He lost to the Buffalo Jockeys by point seven points. Now I don't know that he's as upset as Mike is because Mike's good at fantasy football. Question mark. He's got a ring. But his high-dollar running backs gave an average performance on the week, which is a great floor. Um, They're still going to win them games some weeks. Unfortunately, Saquon and Kamara both had average weeks in week one, and they did not help them. Baker Mayfield was a bust. Granted, the whole Browns team was. Their offensive line was garbage. But that didn't work out for them. But, you know, we'll we'll see how the luck of Andrew plays out. Um, Similar to last year, He had the two high-end running backs and lucked out at wide receiver. And this year could be the same. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had a huge week. Looks like the loss of Andrew Luck may not be as big a deal as we expected. And Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon caught a touchdown pass and may be a better option uh, than we expected, especially if Antonio Brown loses time due to being a rapist. A.B. the Raper. Concerns for this team, obviously, were that Andrew needed to start out strong right out of the gate to save himself from being in address for the third time. I think that still holds true. Um, Andrew's got to be looking for a bounce back week two. His score, again, would have beat a number of teams, and I think there's still some potential there if he gets consistency out of those wide receivers. Uh, you would think Baker can only get better, but again, I mean, the, the number of quarterbacks available on the wire are numerous and I wouldn't really concern myself with that so we'll see how the puppies look after week two the domestic violence I you know second highest score on the week both of his running backs killed it Bell had a great game Uh, Josh Jacobs doesn't look like he's really gonna have to very good. He's just going to get the ball so many times and Oakland actually looked surprisingly good against the Broncos last night, but his running backs killed it. Uh, Jamison Crowder was way more effective in the flex than he should have been. But I guess when you got 11 catches, the yards are going to come. Um, and the more I look at the domestic violence team, I think they are going to be the team to beat going forward into the season. He's got high floor players and he put up 130 points with subpar performances at tight end and wide receiver two and three. Um, Greg Kittle at tight end is going to win him some weeks and his wide receivers two and three. I mean, we're talking what Robert Woods and another guy. I don't have that up right now, so we're just going to roll with it. But I can only imagine that this team continues to roll. Um, As a matter of fact, the, New stat on the ESPN site that shows your uh, let me find it real quick so I can tell you guys I think I I found you can get it on the phone Um, I don't remember what it's called but they track week to week um, based off of your projected points your players and it is basically a simulation of where you are going to finish Um, it started out with some numbers as we put our players in That changed as the schedules were input and continues to change. So it's the final standing projection. If you're on the computer, it's on the main page. Um, It is available on mobile. I'd have to tell you exactly where, but I don't know that off the top of my head. But it has domestic violence started out as a number three team on draft day and has him now projected to finish the season at number one. Um, and I would have to agree with them at this point. I think I had them ranked number two behind myself, um, but his floor is so high that this is going to be the team to beat. Now, the next team we're going to talk about is the team that you're going to want to beat, and it's probably not going to be too hard because they put up the low score of the week, and that is the Hollywood Hand Grenades. Um, Allen's best performer was a waiver wire DST that he picked up. He dropped Geronimo Allison, which didn't turn out to be a big deal. Allison put up zero points, had zero targets on Thursday night. And the Jets defense put up, God, 20 points. So another one of those laughing, wondering what he's doing, and it turns out they're his best team. Allen, I think, is going to find that his team has an extremely low floor and most weeks is going to struggle. Not to say he won't win some weeks because – Cam Newton won't always have bad weeks. Nick Chubb hopefully won't always have bad weeks. Gurley just wasn't getting the goal line carries. Obviously, Malcolm Brown stole two touchdown rushes in that game. So we will see how that plays out. But he is going up against the Adorable Puppies in week two. And I, I don't know. I mean, my money's probably on the Pups week two. But again... Fantasy football is a messed up thing. We question why we do this to ourselves. I think I figured it out. It's for draft day. We'll go through 13 weeks of torture for one day of fun. And that'll continue next year in Vegas. So save your money. All right, guys. Uh, Next team that we're going to talk about is the Hot Pockets. So, I mean, Hot Pockets, number three team after week one. Deshaun Watson did what you paid for him to do. His wide receivers played well enough. And I can't say this enough. Fuck Derrick Henry. I mean, the Titans played better than I thought they would. Derrick Henry had a 75-yard screen pass go for a touchdown. Um, and I had no faith in Derrick Henry going into week one. I had no faith in him at the draft. He was fully off my board. Um, No faith in Damian Williams either. And especially with the uh, LaShawn McCoy pickup, you thought his value was gone out, but Damian Williams still had a touchdown on the day. So they may do well enough. We'll see because we know Moise is bad at the waiver. As a fact, he is the only person this week who did not make a waiver claim. Or he just didn't get one of his waiver claims. I don't know. There were... 13 waiver claims made after week one. And he was the only team not to have one, which we kind of expect from Moise, but he lives and dies off of his draft. And we will see how that plays out for him. Ah, And now we got to talk about Jazz Cabbage. Again, I don't even know where to start here. I had no faith in this team as a contender. I think few in the league did, but, I mean, his week one was, it was ridiculous. I mean, powerhouse weeks by Lamar Miller. I love Miller. Like I said, I toyed with picking him up. It was between him and Dak on the wire. or It was between him and Dak during the draft for me. Between him and Dak during the draft for me. I went with Dak. But, I mean, Miller, he can't do that again, right? Five passing touchdowns. It was against Miami defense. Um, still... High upside player, Uh, Austin Eckler. Jesus Christ. Did the Chargers even care about Melvin Gordon after that? Eckler had three touchdowns. Catapulted this team to the top after one week. Every player on this team performed. Drew had a single player in single-digit points. That's one player. Jarvis Landry at seven points, almost eight points. Everyone else, including his defense, was in double digits. The question here is going to be, is this sustainable? And like I said, only time will tell. I'm not ready to change my mind or admit that I was wrong just yet. But I do think everyone in the league is going to be watching this team to see what they do in week two. That's going to determine, I mean, the rest of the season. If him and Joel have two playoff spots on lock, then the rest of us scrubs are going to be batting around for that Third and fourth position. But yeah, I mean, I everyone saw the beating Jazz Cabbage put down. No one was beating Jazz Cabbage. I think, let me find, uh, shit. let me find my note here. This is extremely unorganized because I'm extremely tired and I probably should have waited until tomorrow to do this. But, interesting fact about Drew's team. I don't know. No. No. I take it back. Let's talk about the domestic violence again because I didn't include this in my notes, but I had it handwritten. Joel's team did so well. His running backs, his quarterback. Joel could have sat his wide receivers, his tight end, and his flex player and still won in week one. Got my teams mixed up. Thought that was jazz cabbage because they were so dominant, Um, but it helped that Joel was playing against... West Germany cock and blockers outscored them by 55 points. Um, Jazz Cabbage was playing against Allen. Jazz Cabbage could have sat all, but Lamar Jackson. I said Miller earlier, didn't I? Could have sat everyone but Lamar Jackson and Eckler and almost beat the hand grenades. It's fucking embarrassing, guys. It's embarrassing. But needless to say, Jazz Cabbage... His points four are insane. Already after week one, week two, he faces the Necros. Um, hopefully he'll take his first loss of the season and things will get back to normal and all will be good in fantasy land. Yes, hopefully. All right. The West Germany Cock and Blockers. So the only fight that the Cock and Blockers were actually in was against Allen for the worst performance of the week. Dalvin Cook was a beast for this team and I think will continue to be as long as he can stay healthy. Obviously, Minnesota is dedicated to the run, which hurts the wide receivers a bit. He did lose Hill. Tyreek Hill is going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, Watkins will likely flex in. Watkins had a monster game, was a wide receiver one sitting on the bench. We talked about this in chat a little bit. No one was starting Watkins in a 10-team league. However, he will be started week two. I don't know that he'll put up the same numbers. I think it was a 37-point fantasy week. But, I mean, I guess you handcuff a wide receiver and it happens to work out the one time. It's all great. I will say this. If you're ever bored, check out Sammy Watkins' Twitter. It is entertaining as fuck. He is a weird dude. But at that point, he... A little bit of uh, bench depth at wide receiver for the cock and blockers. Fitzgerald had a great game. Um, I don't know if anyone happened to watch that game, the lions versus the Cardinals. Um, But Fitz had some amazing catches. Dude's just going to pretend like he isn't 47 years old. Um, So yep. The bench depth for him is good. Another thing that works out in cock and blocks favor going forward is Darius Geis Um, turns out is unable to play more than 20 minutes of football without the rubber bands that hold together his knees and ankles snapping. So AP on his bench could possibly provide some flex appeal. That's right. I said flex appeal. But Cocken blockers obviously didn't start out the season the way they wanted to. Um, But I wouldn't be mad to see Cocken have a one-win season again, only because... He doesn't come to the drafts, so screw you, Kyle. Your team's mediocre. And last team to really talk about here is the Buffalo Jockeys. So obviously, speaking on the Colts being better than we thought they would be, Marlon Mack had a massive game, Um, another guy that I had no faith in going into the season. Marlon Mack was one of those guys that you think is going to be game-scripted where he's going to pick up those yards if the Colts are ahead, no one thought the Colts would be ahead with Brissette in there, but they took the Chargers to overtime, had a chance to win. More impressive than uh, more impressive than I expected. So, obviously, Marlon Mack is going to be an RB one. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a great game. Him coming back to Philly uh, is going to be huge. James Conner though. I mean, this is this is what we talk about. Buffalo jockeys still start the season one and zero, but that James Conner pickup spending sixty one dollars on James Conner and him not turning out hurt. You think he's got to bounce back, but there are concerns that maybe the Steelers aren't the powerhouse that they were in the years past. I I'd be worried. Fortunately for Rosen, he made the most waiver claims with three waiver claims. Um, obviously, guys, very active on the waiver, and we'll be able to get some help that way. Uh, let's see, what else have we got here? Buffalo Jockeys. Tevin Coleman's got a high ankle sprain, likely to miss four to six weeks. Um, and that hurts, um, especially because... He doesn't have much depth behind his running backs. Matt can carry him only so far. He's got to get that bounce back from Connor, but with Coleman going on IR probably for a couple weeks, he's got Peyton Barber, who's useless. Ronald Jones looked like he's going to take over that job in Tampa Bay. Jalen Samuels is a handcuff. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I believe, was dropped, if I'm not mistaken. He did pick up Raheem Mostert who is my favorite condiment of all running backs. You can't be too excited about that, right? Those are the concerns there. Um, But yeah, I mean, week one is in the books. Everyone can breathe a little easier. Um, We know what our teams are to an extent. Um, Again, small sample size. Week two is going to be a little bit more revealing as we play through it. But... That's the week one sit-down podcast, guys. Um, Again, I hope it didn't get too rambling there at the end as we cover the teams. I, I think everyone likes to hear a little bit of input about their team, a little bit of critiquing, regardless of whether you agree or disagree. But that's a wrap on week one. So I will try my best not to do these so late in the night. I feel like I've gotten more tired as this podcast has gone on. But I do it for you guys. I do it so you can be informed and so you can be entertained. So that's a wrap, guys. We'll see you next week. me. for me.